You're listening to the Viva La Mami podcast, a podcast about all things motherhood. I'm your host, Jessica Cuevas. I am a mother of one on a mission to redefine the meaning of motherhood as a first-generation, bilingual, and bicultural Latina mommy. Regardless if we feel like a failure from time to time, or if we succeeded with the little things in our motherhood journey, it is important to celebrate all of these experiences as madres. So bring your cafecito as I invite you to be a part of this space and create raw and honest conversations about the exciting and challenging parts of being a mommy. Ahora, vámonos. Hola, hola, amiga. Feliz año nuevo. It is officially the year 2023. And I just wanted to wish you the very best this new year with so much love, joy, and prosperidad. I am here today to give you a couple of updates because it has been a while since doing a solo episode. I think the last time was like literally episode one. Ever since then, I've been interviewing regular mommies and also experts in a variety of different fields since the end of the year. And so I feel like it is time to give you a couple of updates and just to share this big announcement that I'm sure some of y'all already know, but also to share what my intentions are for this year. If you haven't yet visited my Instagram account, which is Viva La Mami, I recently announced I would say maybe close to a month maybe it was like the first or second week of December I shared that we are pregnant so we are expecting our second baby and I am so excited just because this was something that Alex my husband and I have been wanting to do just because we want another child I believe that you know, we do want to extend our family, definitely want to keep it to two children. (laughs) But I was very thrilled that when we found out, which was in October. So currently at this time in January 2023, I am 18 weeks pregnant, 18 weeks and a couple days. I, I, I don't even count anymore. But We are very excited to have another child and for Dee to have a younger sibling. And so one of the reasons why we decided to have another child is we definitely wanted Dee to have a playmate. And so in order for him to have a playmate, we wanted to make sure that there wasn't a significant gap between our children. And so we felt that after the second year, perhaps that can be an opportunity to add an additional member to our family. And so by the time the baby will be born, which I am due in June, early June, D will be two and a half years old. We feel that age gap is a really good gap between the two just because D will be transitioned, hopefully, to toilet learning and he'll also be in sleeping in his toddler room setting right now he's still in a nursery setting and so I hope that the transition goes well but yeah we we just didn't want a significant gap between the ages of our children I grew up with my sister if you haven't listened to 
my conversation with her, which is episode two. Karina and I are literally 11 months apart. So we definitely I didn't want a child (laughs) that close in age because mommy, I don't know how she did it. But we definitely I grew up, you know, having a sister so close in age and also a, a younger sister who's eight years younger than I am. And that was a significant gap, especially growing up. I feel very sorry for our little sister just because she kind of played on her own. She didn't have that sibling that was close to her in age. But now now that she's an, an adult, we, we definitely have connected very well. And then Alex also has a sister and they're three years apart. And so that was a good age gap as well. So being that both of us grew up with having siblings that are close in age, we definitely wanted Dee to have that as well. And of course, the reason why we wanted to have another child at this time is because we are both in the season of parenting. We're definitely prioritizing on that nurturing, raising little people. And so that way we're done after that. (laughs) So I think that right now we're in this kind of mode, right, of like raising small children and young children. And that way there isn't a significant gap in readapting to like raising another baby while you're also raising an older kid. So for us, we felt like, you know what, let's just get this done and through. I also want my body back. This is just something that I want to be honest with you all. I did breastfeed D and it, it just took a lot of me. And so I definitely want to provide as much as I can out of what my body can do. And then once baby is ready to stop, then I can just go back to me. (laughs) And so, yeah, we're really excited that we will be having another child. And so now that I'm officially in my second trimester, I can definitely talk about how my first trimester went. We found out like the first week of October And so I kind of had a feeling that I was pregnant, mostly because I all of a sudden got congested. But being that it was the beginning of fall and fall time here in the Chicago area, you can literally feel when (laughs) the cold is already starting. And so I wasn't sure if I was getting sick, but I was a couple days late and I was like, you know what? I have this pregnancy test already here with me. I'm just going to like give it a try. And literally it went positive. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And it's funny because the first time when I got pregnant of D, I like kept it a secret. I took a pregnancy test literally in the middle of the night while Alex was asleep. And because I wanted to get Alex a book about like parenting and like expecting a baby specifically for fathers. And this time around, I didn't even think about that. Like I wasn't even thinking about giving him the grand surprise. I literally just peed on the stick like right after dinner and Alex was like, you're pregnant. And I'm like, yep. (laughs) So like I feel already bad that with this second child, like we're not providing like that space for them. But, you know, everyone says that the pregnancy after your first is they're always going to be different. And now I feel like I am excited in a different level than I was with my first. And I think it's because I we're already parents. We are we've already gone through that season when you have a newborn and an infant. And so 
I feel like we are a little bit more prepared, but also I do want to honor this pregnancy. And so when it came to my first trimester with this pregnancy, like I said, everything was fine, but around my seventh week, I was spotting and I was spotting with D as well. And and I know many mommies who have sporadic spotting throughout their first trimester and that's totally normal, but I just wanted to know why. And I was also cramping. And so I called the a, a new midwife that I heard really good things about. I was debating whether if I should return back to my old midwife where Dee was born, but I was like, you know what? I'll give this a try because it felt like closer to where we live. But for some reason, we're, we literally live in between both like offices. So it really doesn't make a difference. But I heard really good things about that practice. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give them a call and schedule a prenatal appointment and see what's going on. And so one of the things that I do want to mention that this will be a little bit of a trigger warning, just because this is not a good start to like my story of the second pregnancy. So just a little trigger warning for those that either miscarried or are going through miscarriage or who thought that you were going to miscarry but you didn't. I just wanted to do a little trigger warning here because I am aware of how sensitive this topic can be but also I feel like we need to talk about our experiences. On my first prenatal appointment they did an ultrasound so they actually have an ultrasound machine in their office it's not like I have to go to like an ultrasound technician or anything like that it's literally on site and they're like okay we're gonna give you a a transvaginal ultrasound and so as soon as they started I noticed that there was no baby like I literally we literally saw that And Alex and I were just like looking at each other and then the midwife was just like scanning, you know, just moving around and yeah, they didn't see no baby. And so she immediately took out the ultrasound device and I was just taken aback. And so the midwife was like, so there is a sack I was able to measure it. You're right around where you're supposed to be, but I don't see a baby. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And so she gave me all these different scenarios that it is common in order for them to confirm whether if this is a miscarriage or not, they would have to do some blood work to test my HCG levels first on one day. And then I would have to do it again 48 hours later just so that they can detect if the hormones elevate within that time period. And so in addition to that, depending on how the hormone levels go, they would refer me to an, a sonographer, so an, an actual like ultrasound technician. When I did the HCG levels of my blood from my blood work, They did notice that there was somewhat of a decrease from the first to the second time around. And so the midwife was like, you know what? Go to the ultrasound people. That way they can confirm and then we can talk about next steps. 
And I was like, well, what are those next steps about? Like, I, I have no idea. I've never gone through this. And so she was just like nonchalant, kind of matter of fact. And she was like, well, we can either wait for your body to miscarry or we can do a DNC. And I was like, okay, what is a DNC? <laughs> and so for those of you who aren't familiar with what a DNC is, it is a procedure for it's basically it basically means a dilation and curettage, which is a procedure to remove tissue from inside your uterus. And so this usually means removing the lining of your uterus, scraping and scooping anything that is there for from like your pregnancy. And so it's a medical procedure, but yeah, I, I had no idea what it was. I literally had to Google this after they told me. And so I was just like, you're telling me all of this before even confirming whether if I was pregnant or not. And so that was very like triggering for me just because I just wasn't sure what to expect. And so the day of my ultrasound, Alex and I went in and I was like, okay, Alex, let's do this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm glad that you're with me. And so they did the ultrasound and obviously with the sonographer, because they're not my immediate practitioner, they couldn't confirm or say anything, but she turned up the volume and we heard a heartbeat and she didn't even react like the por si we all we had to wear masks so I can't even see their expression but she was like I cannot confirm anything because it is not my job but do you hear this heartbeat and I was like yes and then she turns the screen over to us and we see the baby and we see the little fluttering of the heartbeat and I was like I was just in shock and Alex was in shock. Like I felt like we weren't sure whether to be excited or whatnot. Like it was just a whirlwind of things that I just couldn't process it. And honestly, I am still processing this today, even though I am now on my second trimester and yes, maybe things can happen. We just never know, but it has taken me a while for me to process all of this. I, kind of have like little traumatic moments where I'm just thinking like, oh my gosh, what if I'm not going to have this baby? And I think this is totally normal, but I'm glad that I have talked about this with my therapist. And so she's also have helped me to kind of, you know, really understand that oftentimes these practitioners, even though they are midwives, right? Even though I had this perception of like midwives being more sensitive to the topic it's just their job it's their regular job but for me at least like I I knew that I wanted to switch midwives just because I had a positive experience with my pregnancy with D and so I will be going back to them just because I feel like they were able to explain things they they took their time and for some reason I feel like these other midwives are a lot more in a rush and and it may be because they're busy I mean I can't blame them there's already a small amount of midwives out there anyway and more and more people are becoming aware of about midwifery 
but I'm just like, yo, like I, I just wish that I was treated a little bit better just because again, this was my first kind of experience and for someone to just give me all these acronyms or just like not being empathetic, I was like, you know what? I don't want to even give my time <laughs> to these people. And so, yeah, I just had a very, not, not a really good experience with them, but I also, with this experience, I was very outspoken with my family and friends, very close family and friends. I, I haven't yet put that out on social media because there can be many reactions, many kind of like points of views and and just I, I don't want to also be triggering to many mommies out there who have gone through a miscarriage. And so I only share this privately with my close family and friends but I also think that there is an importance about talking, talking about your pregnancy, even if it didn't start out well. I think it is very important to just share your lived experience, even if it's within the first couple of weeks of your pregnancy. And so I it was good to talk to my family and friends about it, because then like my mom was sharing her story about like her miscarriage story. She never talked about it. I never knew about her experience. And it was just like a really good moment for all of us, like the women that were there that evening to talk about it. And so on episode four of the Viva La Mami podcast, Valeria Castillo and I talk about how Latinas do not really talk about that experience. And Again, even though I did not miscarried, I think the more that you are aware about the potential conversations that a person in that position may have, I think it's better to be exposed and know about what other moms have gone through. And so this was just something that, yeah, it, it was pretty traumatic. But again, I'm, I'm very glad that everything is okay now. And I also feel empowered to make the decision to switch midwives. And yeah, yeah. So we are also going with a doula. So on episode 10, I interviewed a doula who is Isabel Gonzalez Smith, who is based in the Chicagoland area. And so she talks about the benefits of going with a doula, but she also talks about the comparisons of like a midwife and an OBGYN. And so I really encourage you, if you are thinking about getting a doula, I really encourage you to listen to that interview that I had with her because she provides some really good insights and and just her professional background about being a doula and how she utilizes her spirituality, her soul, her passion, her mind, and even her hands in, in helping women through their pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum experience. So yeah, that was my kind of like first trimester experience. And again, I hope this wasn't very triggering for you all. But again, I felt that I needed to speak about this because I just don't want to ignore that first kind of experience with this pregnancy. I want to honor it and ensure that all of us as Latinas who are pregnant or who were pregnant 
and had to go through this, like I think it's very important for us to talk about it. So let me know if you want to compartir any of your experiences with me. I'm an open book. I'm here for you. So feel free to send me a DM through my Instagram at Viva La Mami. And that way we can connect in some capacity. In addition for my first trimester, like the only thing that I had was a like really bad fatigue. I mean, really bad fatigue. And everyone says that once you have a child and you're with a child, regardless of whatever age they are, your fatigue level is just gonna, there's just no words for it. And, and I can literally attest to that. I had to take naps during the day. I was sleeping for much longer at night. So I'm glad that I was able to do that. I, because I work from home, no one sees me like in an office setting. So like there were times when I'm literally like falling asleep while working and it's bad. But then again, I'm not apologetic about it. So yeah, those that was the main like big symptom that I had in my first trimester. I also had a sour taste in my mouth. So like I was chewing a lot of gum after I ate any meal. It, it doesn't matter if it was like a sweet or a savory meal. It, I just had a nasty sour taste in my mouth. And so that was not a good experience. But again, I'm, I'm glad I didn't have any morning sickness or significant like levels of nausea. I mean, it was it wasn't too bad. And also a quick update, D has weaned off of breastfeeding. So for those of you who are not uh, familiar with my breastfeeding story, I did share a, a series of like blog posts in my blog on my website, vivalamami.com. And I did share about my experience with my breastfeeding journey. Um, I will make sure to link those in the show notes. D has officially weaned off. So this has been about maybe since beginning of November. That's when he had stopped like breastfeeding without me stopping, without me like limiting the amount of time in each session. He was only breastfeeding in the mornings and nights before bed. And so slowly he was just not asking for booby. He literally called them boobies. And so, yeah, like he, he just stopped. And I think this is almost my body too, like kind of giving him those signs like, Hey kiddo, like, I think it's time for you to stop because I'm also growing another human with me. I think me breastfeeding was the reason why I had like so much fatigue. I mean, my body was just tired and yeah, even though I wanted to have this like kind of special thing with him to like do this official weaning celebration, I didn't get to do that. <laughs> I was just so tired. And also I, I, it didn't occur to me that this was official. So it is bittersweet that D has stopped. You know, it's almost like a part of me is no longer with him or vice versa. But, you know, we still have the special bond. He still has he still calls out boobies even though he's not going to or he he hasn't even put his mouth on mine so like it's just funny he knows where my boobies are but I think they're now for a different reason they're just there so yeah so that's a quick update 
So now I'm in my second trimester. And like I said, I'm currently 18 weeks and I'm feeling really good. I am feeling a couple of flutters and I definitely show a lot more. I started to show like beginning of November. <laughs> I was waiting until like December to tell my family, but I obviously didn't. And yeah, I'm, I'm feeling really good. Something that is very different in this pregnancy is that I have a really high libido, like pretty high. It, I don't know. This is just real. Like, I'm just going to be pretty straightforward with this. So that is good. <laughs> and yeah. And so we will be having our 20 week anatomy scan soon. This time around, we will know what the sex of the baby is. So feel free to follow me on Instagram at Viva La Mami. And we will be sharing what we will have. We're not going to do a gender reveal like those typical things. I'm sorry. I'm just not like that I think that that is just new and in a way for me personally I think it's kind of tacky I hope I don't offend anyone here I just don't like the concept of blue and pink I just don't and even Alex he's like no we're not gonna do no like pink blue celebration type thing we're just going to announce what the sex of the baby is so yeah we're really excited about that so more to come soon in the next couple of weeks and so yeah, this is all of all of the updates that I have with you all about my bebe numero dos and just how I'm feeling, how we're doing. This new year, we are going through some changes as far as with jobs. So Alex got promoted with his job. I am not sure what I want to do with my full-time job. So that's something that I need help with. <laughs> but I... I need to do a lot of reflection and and self-awareness about what my true calling is. And I know that many of us don't know that until later, later on in life, even when we're going through our 50s. But I feel like I need to literally focus on myself and what my intentions are in terms of how I want to give back with my own skills, my own set of knowledge base and and kind of like what my calling is so we'll see we also bought an investment property literally like two days before Christmas we closed on an investment property so that is something that we are very privileged but also very thankful for because this is something that we really wanted to do as First, second gen folks, we want to build generational wealth for our family. And in future episodes, I will be interviewing experts about like real estate investments and also just ways in which us as mommies and parents can sort of build generational wealth, especially for those that are first, second generation where whose parents didn't come from from money. And so I think there is a big importance about that and we're really lucky to have had this opportunity in in purchasing a a building in a form of real estate investment. So now when it comes to like intentions and goals for the year 2023, I felt like I needed to say this in this podcast just because I hope you also resonate with me, but also I want to put it out there. I do have it in writing, but I also wanted to have it out through a different medium. Just that way it is manifested and I say it and it's out there, it's recorded, it's published. And for those of you who do want to check back, 
please give me some level of accountability and ask me, hey, are you doing X, Y, Z that you said? So I am putting it all up to you to give me some accountability for what I say. But I have four intentions for the year. And I don't call them resolutions. So like for me, resolutions is almost like you want to resolve something. But for me, I definitely want to be intentional of what I want to do, what I want to accomplish and almost like modify like my current lifestyle. So that way I can be more present. I can be more fulfilled. I can feel a little bit more kind of having this level of purpose, right, for the year. So not only am I going to make intentions for myself, but for each intention, I want to ask you a question about these intentions. That way it can kind of spark some interest. If you haven't yet done any New Year's resolutions or intentions or goals, this can be kind of like a, a starter to, to that. And so the first intention that I have is definitely asking for help. <laughs> I have shared in previous episodes with my mommy guests about how I have been wanting to to get help. And this is specifically when it comes to cleaning my house. Now, this is a very privileged statement to say because many of us feel kind of weird about getting help with someone else cleaning the house. And that's how I grew up. Like I grew up with a mom who always had to clean the house regardless And that was kind of like the priority versus like spending quality time with us. So like she literally mentioned, like, I never had the opportunity to play with you. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's because you were always in the kitchen or you were always like cleaning or you were always like doing laundry. And so like for me, instead of focusing on other things that are not really really going to bring me joy, like honestly, I don't like to clean. (laughs) I, I see it as a as another job like For me, I prefer to spend that time that I would use towards my son or in this case, our children or to myself or to Alex, you know, and I know that this is very privileged of me to say it, but Alex and I both have nine to five jobs. We have a steady income and also this is an opportunity to give someone else a job that they may enjoy, right? That they actually want to do, that they actually want to help. So that is going to be a new intention for us. We've never used a cleaning service before. So, and I know many Latina moms that have done it and I do not feel guilty. I am unapologetic because again, I don't have to justify how clean or how much time I want to give in my house. I prefer to give that time to myself or my family. In addition to that, I also want to ask for help whenever I need it as far as with reaching out to my support system. That way I don't get to carry on all the load. And this can be as little as like my parents taking care of D for like two hours out of the day on a Friday evening because Alex and I want to go on a date. Like we, my My parents are really awesome and they always ask us like, hey, cuando quieren salir, déjanos saber para cuidar a los niños. And I don't really take advantage of that because they already take care of D as it is, as their primary childcare, you know, people. And so I already feel bad, right, about like adding more time to their schedule by them taking care of D. But if my parents offered like, I'm not going to ignore that. Like, I think that I literally need to 
ask for help whenever I need it. And knowing that we have a support system, I know that they will be available for us. So my question for you is, how are you going to ask for help this year? The second intention is building deep connections. I want to be intentional to grow and cultivate my relationships with others. And this is specifically with other moms out there. I have been very privileged to have a really good network of moms that I can lean into and and I have a really solid relationship with friends and even though I do, I often feel that I shouldn't reach out because I think that they may be too busy. And I don't think I should think that way because more likely than not, that mom may also want to connect with someone. Most likely that mom needs to have some level of human interaction than a crying child. And so if you ever have the urge to reach out to another mommy, please do that. And I think that that is going to be my intention this year. Like, for example, there is a mom that, oh my gosh, that I love and connected very well, especially during the pandemic when we were all in lockdown. And she and I were both pregnant at the same time. And it literally took a Facebook message for one of us to reach out and say, hey, I'm pregnant and I'm expecting in January too. And ever since then, like I can always lean in to her. Like it doesn't have to be like a constant frequent communication. We don't even have like a like a cadence of how often we reach out. We just reach out at random times whenever we have the time. But that is really needed. And so I'm now currently building new connections with other mommies that are currently pregnant and do the same time as me. So just building a coalition with other mommies is very helpful for us, our mental health and our social health as well. And so mamas, you need your time away from kids. You need your time away from your home, your partner, go out and it doesn't have to be like, go have a wild night right? Like that is not my scene. Like I, I don't want to spend money on that, but I love having coffee with other moms. I love chatting with other moms, whether it be through Zoom or over text. And so there are other ways to have this connection with other mommies. And I really encourage you to consider that. So my question will be, how will you build deep connections this year with other mommies? The third intention is moving more. So like I said, I have a nine to five and I work from home. It's awesome that I get to work from home because I get to be on my sweatpants. I I love the aspect of working from home and Alex does work from home too. So there is this really awesome. It's just really cool that we get to both work from home and we get to like interact with each other, which is nice. But with us, like, being home all the time we're in our kind of canoe and we're in our little like box and I'm just like I need to move my body and I literally feel it more I feel it on my tailbone I'm like Ugh, I gotta stand up and so I definitely want to set a routine to move my body and this isn't necessarily to work out but literally to move my body this can be going up and down the stairs or just standing up or walking. And it kind of sucks right now because in 
the Midwest, I mean, winter is just horrible. And I'm pregnant too, so I want to be careful. I don't slip or whatever. So what I did is I brought our treadmill. We have like this very cheap treadmill. It still works. But my treadmill is next to my desk. And my goal is to walk 15 minutes a day. And this can be any time during the workday where I don't have meetings or just I have some downtime. I can bring my laptop up. Like it's going to be fine for 15 minutes. I also am taking prenatal yoga. So that is once a week. And I get to like interact with other moms, which is nice. And that prenatal yoga class has been amazing. Like I never took a prenatal yoga like class because in my first pregnancy, it wasn't during the pandemic. And so all what I did was just virtual ones or, you know, like pre-recorded ones where they don't even see you. And so I had no idea how my body looked like. I tried to do my best with those different positions, but no one was there to correct me. And now that I have the opportunity to do it in person, it's just amazing. And the instructor is awesome. She always talks about your pelvic floor muscles and how you can move your body, how you should correct your body and your posture. And we do meditations and it's just wonderful. And that is just my me time, my self-care time that I get to do which is wonderful. And I get to move my body too. I get to stretch it. I get to feel different parts of my body that I never felt before. And I also subscribe to the Get Mom Strong program. So this is a program specifically for moms who are either in their prenatal kind of pregnancy stage, they they just want to move their bodies, kind of prepare the pelvic floor muscles to childbirth. And it transitions over to the postpartum period as well. So I will link that in my show notes. This is a really great program. I heard really good reviews about it. There's also a Facebook community that you can join. And yeah, so this is the one part that I really need accountability for. So please, 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 please reach out to me and challenge me with this because I literally want to move my body more. I I just, it, and again, it's not because... I want to look a certain way or because I want to work out like it's more so just to move my body. Our body is a machine. We just need to move it all the time. So my question for you is how will you move your body this year? All right. And the final intention that I have is knowing what I want. So this was something that was kind of difficult for me to type and write down because as Latinas and for me as a first gen, firstborn daughter, like for me, I've always been a people pleaser. I always put myself last and put people first. And this time around, I kind of want to be selfish. I <laughs> want to make sure that whatever I get to say Whenever I say this doesn't work for me, whenever I know that something doesn't work for me, I want to manifest that and say it. I want to say this doesn't work for me. And this is whether if it's related to work or if it's unsolicited advice you get from your tia. Like it can be at any given moment, but I definitely want to be more intentional of knowing whether if that situation, that request, whatever it is, if it doesn't work for me and myself like I'm gonna say no and so saying no has always been difficult for me through my profession through my personal 
social life like even you know when friends reach out like hey you want to hang out i always say yes and so now i'm like being more intentional about like oh well i mean depends like i i may or may not and so i want to make sure that i know what i want and so it is okay to ask for something different as well so like there's always room for negotiation in any kind of scenario in any kind of moment and so maybe you would be inclined to agreeing or saying yes but perhaps let's go back and look at something different or modify certain things, whatever works best for you. And that is something that I want to be intentional of as well. And it's okay to know what you want. Like for me, it, it's always been a struggle knowing what I want. Like I have never been such a good decision maker when it comes to like knowing what I want. And so this can be applied in any kind of situation and especially when it comes to partnership with with your partner your relationship like if there is something missing from your relationship and you know what you literally want and this can be anywhere from intimacy to like just hanging out whatever you want to make sure that you know what you want okay if you know what you want then just say it the least thing that can happen is for someone else to say no and that is fine but at least you put it out there you put it out there into the universe you put it out there to that individual and if and if it's specifically to your partner then this can be an opportunity to like delve in further into the conversation about why you think it's important that you want specific things that your partner may not agree with And again, it all takes open communication and vulnerability sometimes to talk about what you really want. And so my challenge for you is in this year, how can you ask for more or less of what you want? So these are my four intentions that I have for this year. Again, please put me in this level of accountability. Reach out to me. I really want that challenge from you all just because I think that that is a good way to manifest these intentions and to literally make them into fruition. And so do you have any other intentions for the new year? Let me know. So feel free to share that with me on Instagram. You can send me a DM. My Instagram handle is Viva La Mami. And again, I would love to know more about what your intentions and goals are for this new year. And yeah, this is all what I have for you all today. But I just wanted to, again, wish you all the very best in this new year. Thank you so much for being here, for building this comunidad. I am very excited for this year to come and what Viva La Mami will bring. And I hope that this platform is useful for you all as we build community and a coalition of other mommies who may need to talk about and hear more about their lived experiences as Latina moms. So thank you all for being here and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Viva La Mami podcast. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and write what episode really resonated with you. If you really loved it, share it on social media or with an amiga. As always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. 
Make sure to follow me at Viva La Mami on Instagram or visit vivalamami.com. Please note the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not be replaced by your healthcare provider nor taken as professional advice.